Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! What on earth am I doing with my life? Hello and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Jeremy, um, you know... It's it's good to be back. It's good to be here. We're a, you know this, but the listener. I mean, this could be. A, I mean, the Cobbler is a movie that you know someone. There's a lot of fans of this movie, and someone could very well be wandering in. They're off like, the, yes, uh, finally someone covered it. Yeah, well, I bet you there's a lot of people out there who have like, what's it called, like Google alerts set up for anything cobbler related that comes out. Sure. And, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we might have some new listeners. So if you're, if you're not aware, we are, a, a Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese podcast, pretty self-explanatory, but, uh, yeah, we're going through chronologically and we've reached, um, uh, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to say it, Jeremy, the golden era of Sandler movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is like, what's the inverse of the golden era called where it's like, <sighs> I get yeah this is but but I guess this is sort of the I mean, I mean I'm fingers crossed here this is hopefully the worst of the worst I think this might be it and then I think it'll be uncomfortable and bad for a few more but then it gets it starts to pick up I think that's what I think I, I and I want the listeners to like bear with us we always get ourselves in this position where we're we're covering a director or an artist in, you know, there might be some stinkers out there, but then some, somehow, whatever, for whatever reason, Eric, we find ourselves like at the end of a run covering an extensive amount of bad stuff by somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, we're already exhausted from covering all the Sandler and Scorsese's and, and, and we, and we must keep going. We must close this out. But I think this is the worst one. And if you are a fan of the cobbler, I'm so sorry Maybe here. I, here's what. Here's my challenge, though, Eric. Are you ready for this? Uh huh. My yeah. challenge to you is: if you're a big fan of the Cobbler, and you came to this podcast excited that we were going to cover it, uh, stick around anyway. Because it because if you're a fan of this movie, <laughs> it might be good and healthy for you to hear another perspective. There, I mean, look, I'm. This is a movie. You know, I I think it. <laughs> some of these movies, neither of you, you or I, have seen, and uh, we've gone in just from the world telling us these movies are bad, just having yeah. low expectations, right? And I think that that uh, has probably enhanced our experience with some of these movies a little bit, like oh, Jack yeah. and Jill, where. We're able to look at it, you know, through the lens of like, eh, is this really like that bad? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, um, and 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 surprisingly, few of them have been as bad as we heard. I, th- 
Yeah, I I'll say this. I think, and we'll get into it in a sec. But I uh, I I think the cobbler is like genuinely the first one where it's like, okay, I kind of get like why people are so angry or uh, so dislike this movie. Yeah. Um, right. but I don't. I don't know. It's also one of those movies. Um, and I'd love to talk about this later. Where I think with a few changes, it could be a really good movie. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, somebody I was re- so I read extensive articles about from the time this movie came out, like covering Perfect. the cobbler and what people were saying. And one of the things that kept coming up that I actually agree with is that the premise of this movie isn't too dissimilar from just a regular Adam Sandler movie. Like this, this film is not a happy Madison film. It's a Tom McCarthy film who Tom McCarthy's a director. I love I think he's great, um, but uh, the I guess you know in the way that Punch Drunk Love was sort of a real a, like a what what would you call it like a auteur filmmaker sort of crafting a Sandler movie, you know, using a different perspective. I think this film. Mm-hmm. It's it's like its premise is like straight up like a cl- it's like click or something. It's just something. It just seems like something Adam Sandler would have done, but it's missing that that happy Madison sort of vibe. And I actually think that could have helped this movie if it was just straight up a comedy. You know what I mean? I like, think wh- this movie is like uh, comedy script directed as a drama. Yeah. I it, I think is what it boils down to for me. Totally, totally. Yeah, I I absolutely think that you know this this film. If this film had it, it was given to Tim Hurley, he <laughs> you know, and as and and he was able to do a pass on it, or Robert Smigel, or you know, one of Sandler's other longtime collaborators. I think that it would have avoided a lot of the pitfalls that it falls headfirst into. And it would have mm-hmm. been just really, really funny. And they probably still would have done some of the trans humor, you know, and maybe some of the insensitive race stuff would have still been in there. But I think that it would have at least had the happy Madison stamp to like of levity to kind of, pull off of pull up pull up from from some things i think where this film just goes careens crashing down into um yeah and then on top of that no matter what we say about it too i'm sorry again to the fans of the cobbler out there the world hates this movie (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's it's a done deal no matter if, even if we loved it, it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything one iota, because it's the world has spoken. They do not want the cobbler. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. So this is uh, well. Let's uh, before we get into this crap, let's uh, let's talk about um, the Patreon that we're doing. Yes, uh, and, you know, Jeremy, I always throw it to you, but I want to talk about the Patreon this time. Uh, it sounds fun. I'm gonna try and do. I'm gonna try and do it like you would do it. Okay, so, uh, I like this. We like to call the Patreon our um, uh, supplemental material, is what mm-hmm. I like to call it, uh, over on the Patreon. And you can go over to Hubie or wait, 
Okay, me trying to say what I think you would say is messing <laughs> me up. So I'm just going to talk as myself. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Um, for every one of these episodes you're getting for free, we do one of those. One for us, one for them. Mm. And by them, we mean our patrons. Our over patrons. At, uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, that, yeah, I guess both are for them. It's or kind of all for, for them, both. but... Yeah. Then it's also like, oh, a, a little, a little for us, a little more for us on the Patreon, I think. Yeah, but here's the thing: is on the Patreon we get straight up bullied by our patrons mm. into covering whatever they want us to. Really, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll do some fun stuff. We'll do uh, that we want to do. We'll do. We're kind of in the middle of a Coen Brothers series we're doing where you know yeah. we've done uh we're kind of getting close to to finishing our coen brothers run so if you want us if you want to hear us cover the entire filmography of the coen brothers i jump on that patreon i mean that's worth five bucks right there i think oh yeah we've done most of the good ones but there's still maybe two more good ones i don't know i think but, there, uh, i mean i i think so, we're into some of the best stuff right now because we're about to cover you know, we're a little spoiler. We're covering a serious man, which is like maybe my favorite one, and uh, we're gonna cover Inside Lewin Davis, maybe my second favorite one. <laughs> so yeah, we got some more to go, more good ones. Yeah, yeah. So if you like what you hear, I mean, uh, it's a no brainer. It's five bucks. You can go back. You can listen to uh, I don't know, three years or something, four years worth of uh, bonus episodes. Um, we like to do themed months next uh this will this will appeal to the sandler fans next month uh one of the big controversies on the show since we started covering sandler is uh jeremy gave airheads a very pitiful score um, <laughs> i can't remember what was it was like 1.75 or something I, I wish i could keep a record of what it what my original score was because all i know all I know is what it is now. But yeah, I think it started out as like a 1.75. You know, I, I knew that there was some, we had some room to go grow with Sandler. Yeah. And now and, it is, uh, now it's up to yeah, 3.25, our... which I think is <laughs> yes. above your score. <laughs> our pa- our uh, uh, our fans and our listeners and our, our patrons have been um, pestering Jeremy to get that mm. score up. And, you know, in, in one final push to get that to a four out of four, well, it might not be the final push, but uh, in an effort to get Jeremy to get to to finally open all of his eyes yeah. while he's watching Airheads and bring that up to a four out of four, we are doing Frasuary uh, in February on the Patreon, and we're covering Brandon Fraser movies. We'll talk about The Whale, uh, some other fan suggestions, and then we'll talk about... Um, Airheads. We'll do an extra a second episode on Airheads. So, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy for all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the question I was going to ask you, Jeremy, before um, the Patreon stuff is, are we in the Netflix? We're not in the Netflix no, he, Sandler's yet. Sandler right? has has yet to start his Netflix um what a contract, I guess, whatever you want to call it. In fact, if you if you think about the time that we're in right now, it's like two thousand. I don't know what uh, fourteen. Um, Sandler is. I mean, I mean, sorry. Um, Netflix is just just kind of barely 
becoming this huge thing where it's in everyone's house. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. It's, it's a, yeah. where it's like a huge deal. Like Netflix is, um, I'm, I'm, I, it's this, it's probably this very year that I'm, that I'm like starting to watch Netflix more than I'm like going to a red box or buying, you know, DVDs or renting or, or anything like that. Or, or like, I don't think I, I think at this point I lose my cable subscription. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, I think I, I, I can remember watching a bunch of DVDs back in 2014 still, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. But there's, there. it's, yeah. Uh, the first, I mean, what is the first, this may be a good question though. Uh, what's the first big Netflix show you remember coming out and watching? I'm thinking crazy uh, question, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Netflix show. Yeah, like the first Maybe like big one, making a murderer or something. Oh, nice, like nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, 2013. So this film's 2014. Oh no, I thought of one, but. Yeah, what is it? It's the it was the they did another t- uh, season of Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, the that was dude. It. Bingo. <laughs> that was it for me too. That was that was the first big like, oh, Netflix is making content. Yeah. That and was it, great. My yeah. friends uh I forget how long it it was like 13 hours worth of Arrested Development basically. Right. And uh myself and two of my friends uh, we were like, we, we're going to watch all of this in one day. Mm-hmm. And we got through like eight hours or something. And we we're like, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it was really good. Like we were enjoying it. But we we're like, this is, that's a long time to watch. I'm exhausted. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I went home and then, and then like two hours later, my friend called me and was like, hey, do you want to finish it? And I was like, yeah. And then we finished it. So we watched uh, 13 hours. Of Whoa. <laughs> That season, uh, which was a good time. I don't regret it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's great. Yeah, that that very same year, too, House of Cards comes out, which is another big one that I I kept up with for at least three seasons. I watch House of Cards, I want to say. But yeah, so Adam Sandler's contract with Netflix, though, does not begin until 2015. Uh, I mean, the contract might have gotten signed like in 2014, or whatever, but like his first Netflix movie is uh, the Ridiculous Six. So um, that and that's in. We have two more films to go before mm. uh, we get a we get a Sandler on Netflix, and then it's just it's basically Sandler on Netflix for you know the next. 2015 to today you know he's right. still putting his films out on netflix including his kind of drama hustle so well i do think it was an interesting uh still sort of like a, a interesting gray area with like the quality of on-demand movies because this was an on-demand uh this was a, di- a digital release on something i believe um yeah limited release and through video on demand okay um because you know on demand 
movies around this time, you know, even though we were getting some of the, you know, the Arrested Development and stuff, mm. still sort of like the same quality, uh, close to the same quality as like, say, like a straight-to-TV movie or something. You know, right. now, uh, eight years later, we are, um, some movies that are released are really good. You get The Irishman and other examples I can't think of at the top of my head. But <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, yeah. Noah Baumbach has has like a contract with them now too, to where like all of his films come come out to Netflix, and uh, uh, so like the Meyerowitz stories, which is a Sandler film, we'll cover later on. Um, but his newest film, uh, White Noise, just came out. Mm. There's some good stuff. I mean, I mean, look, it's it's now it's all over the place. It's spread out. The streaming landscape is totally fucked and fucking artists over. It's it's a really bad deal right now. But uh, specifically, Netflix does have will will put every now and then put out. Like you said, The Irishman came out. Also, that that other that Bob Dylan documentary came out to Netflix too. Yes, the, 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 the other Scorsese one that we'll be covering soon. Correct. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this was a pretty bad critical response. <laughs> Not a ton of like production. Okay, so we got uh, Sandler was in talks to join Tom McCarthy's The Cobbler, which began shooting in uh, November 2013. Blah, 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 blah. Something, something, something. Um, yeah, no interesting background about how this movie was made. Interesting, um, I actually didn't, think about it while I was watching this, but I'm glad you brought up that this is not a happy Madison. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like one. It, yeah. It's too gritty. Uh, now ha- have you seen any of Tom McCarthy's other films, Eric? Yeah, I might've seen, uh, what's it called? Spotlight. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, but before this, he he made a a, a a bunch of films I really liked. Uh, you know, he made The Station Agent, which is like Peter Dinklage in a starring role, kind of an early on Peter Dinklage, uh, and uh, Bobby Cannavale. He also made uh, The Visitor, which is Richard Jenkins, super great film, and then Win Win with Paul Giamatti. It, he had a hit streak that was like unrivaled. It was just like r- small budget indies, and he was crushing. He was crushing. Um, the cobbler then is like this weird blight on his career, like this weird like thing. And it's like a blight for everyone. And then the literal next movie he makes wins best picture spotlight. So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I bet they, I bet everyone kind of wishes this one could go away probably but yeah and then he made Stillwater in 2021 which is an, another uh academy you know acclaimed film so well we'll see what he does with uh San- sandy <laughs> wexler maybe he redeems himself um right right but yeah i uh the cobbler um I sort of wanted to read some negative reviews, but now I kind of don't want to, to be honest. I'm like, uh, I think this movie is, uh, like, people get too mad about this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. what do you, the reason I brought up the video on demand, you know, release of this is, this is at a time where your expectations should have been lower. If you really thought this was going to be a great movie. 
They well, sh- they should have been. I don't know, man. I I don't. I disagree. Actually, I because so here's the here's the thing is like this the the critical like critics being upset about this film doesn't come from like they stumble on it on Netflix or something and they and they watch it. It's because it 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 premieres at the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, so if you want if you want to see the the kind of the lineage of what happens with the cobbler, you got to go back to there. So it it airs at TIFF. And right away, critics are very rightly pointing out that the film is not, not only is it not funny and not good and the premise doesn't make any sense, but that it's transphobic, racist, and it features an extended sequence where like he pretends to be his dad to take his mom out on a date and, and critics are just generally creeped out by it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and so so when you see when you're reading these articles, they're not like uh, mad, you know, they're not mad or or like uh, like what's the word? Like they're not like beating up on Sandler. In fact, a lot of people are going, "Hey, it's been a while since Adam Sandler." They're they're all of the they're all saying like Adam Sandler can't catch a break. Is kind of the vibe. They're like, mm. we don't know what went wrong with this, but it's uh, nearly unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it, it's like it's more like you know i don't think people hate sandler as much as they pretend to sometimes you know what i mean like i think people are rooting for sandler and they do want him to make something good um so you know now audiences out there on rotten tomatoes might be saying some sort of baser or like more crass like pointless you know bullying be, you know beating up on the movie or whatever but th- but but uh, critics for the most part have very measured responses. They're like they're like, look, it just doesn't. It just is not cool. He puts on the shoes of a black guy and then robs somebody. Like you can't like yeah. I. So I don't I don't think that the I don't think that the the movie is too. Uh, like I definitely had low expectations going in because I knew it was a bad movie already. Uh. But to me, this one, you know, there's a couple other ones. Spanglish. I think, like, it's one thing to make a comedy that's not funny. That I have endless sympathy for. It's another thing to, like, just be careless and hurt people's feelings and and sort of just be saying something kind of ugly. And, and, and it's even worse when it seems like the filmmaker and the actor don't know they're doing it. You know what I mean? Like they're like yeah. making jokes. It's almost like ignorance or something. But it's like, ooh, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel good. So yeah, I I you know maybe I don't know. Look, look them up or not. Some of the critical responses, but I mean, like it, it's 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 pretty. You're I think that's what you're gonna find every time you look at it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, um, I you know, I did notice <laughs> that there was a lot of insensitivity in this movie. Um, to be honest, sort of gotten used to it with covering some of the yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, but also, that's, I think that's my that's my like the my criticism, like the the view that I was taking when I was watching this movie, was more of one of. How we how strange here's the weirdest thing to me about this movie is Adam Sandler 
does like he's acting his ass off right as, and is arguably giving like a good dramatic performance totally in yeah. a movie about a guy who puts <laughs> on people's shoes and becomes them yeah right totally um none of the there nothing the premise itself is funny like it had yeah. you can't do this premise without making it a comedy that's a ridiculous idea mm-hmm. and none of like the actors that are supposed to be playing Sandler mm-hmm. are doing a good job at all of like <laughs> getting the Sandler mannerisms or even uh-huh. really trying to be Sandler. Uh-huh. Like you see it a little bit with like sometimes, but I, this movie <laughs> needs to be a comedy. It needs to be yeah. a full on happy Madison comedy. Totally. And the people that are taking over or that Sandler's taking over need to be like either celebrities like Shaq or someone who would be funny right uh for Sandler to take take over or uh like Rob Schneider or something yeah um yeah and yeah. how funny and how great is that and then and then what if it's Sandler yeah you even to pitch on it more like what if it's Sandler like d- doing a bunch of stuff like becoming these different people to like make his own life better or something I mean, arguably he kind of does that, but like, I, I want to see more of like his selfishness come out in this or something like, uh, I don't know, like a click situation where he just goes too far or something. But like, this is kind of like, he's trying to help other people out a, a little in their own lot. And there's, so, there's something weird going on in this movie where it's not, it's just not a clean script. It doesn't like, it doesn't jump off the page to me, but I think I, I do. I agree though. Like Sandler's kind of great in this movie and, and, um, it's just, you know, remember being John Malkovich? Uh-huh. This movie could have been like that. <laughs> yeah. Like a weird, a weird psychological movie about like going into people's bodies and what that's really like, you know? Right. Yeah. Um. Well, as you might imagine, the uh, trivia for the cobbler is not uh, interesting at all. Sandler uh, means cobbler in Hebrew. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, that's like number six on the trivia list. So <laughs> you know how how good that's uh, how, how good the rest of them are. It's um, also listed twice in the trivia. It's <laughs> number one and number six. <laughs> wow. Um, oh wow! I, yeah, I didn't notice it's the first one too. Um, Sandler and Buscemi's tenth film together. That's great. I um, love Buscemi too. What do you say we talk about this uh, this movie? Oh yeah, uh, it also has performances by Dustin Hoffman, Method Man, Ellen Ar- Ellen Barkin, Melanie Diaz, Dan Stevens, which I, this might be his first like film, West like a like an American film role. Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, very famously. Mm. But yeah, anyway, layout. Let's get into it. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? On New York City's Lower East Side in 1903, a group of Jewish men gather in a cobbler's shop to discuss a neighborhood problem. A Gerger man has been <laughs> threatening the business, uh, harassing them and their families, uh, handing a pair of Gergerman's shoes to the cobbler, Pinchus Simkin. Uh, he takes them to the shop basement, 
uh, and uses a special stitching machine on the shoes. His young son, Herschel, enters, and he explains how important the machine is. Um, so we cut to uh, present day. The great-grandson of Pinchus, Max Simkin, is the cobbler. Jimmy operates the barbershop next door. Carmen Herrera, a young woman on the Lower East Side, is fighting against the large developers who are tearing down parts of the neighborhood to build huge complexes. Uh, Max doesn't seem to care at all about the shop. Uh, he lives at home with his ailing mother, Sarah, and wishes they could see Max's father again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, <sighs> what do we got here? We got... Max is Sandler, and he's uh, taking kind of taking care of his dying mom, Sarah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we get uh, this background about like basically a, a shoe, a, a cobbler. Yeah. Um, that we're supposed to like think is important, and then we cut to like his great-grandson also being a cobbler <laughs> and like don't really know right what the significance of any of that really is i uh, i i guess i don't i guess it i guess uh, i don't know because sandler discovers this so it's not like he's known it his whole life so mm, i don't know true. why they're why they yeah i don't know i don't know if you we needed the beginning the the Gergerman stuff. But yeah, um, anyways. Yeah, and then we have Carmen, who's mm-hmm. has this very sort of uh like I hate to say it, but like kind of cliche predicament, like cinematic yeah. cliche, where it's like a big business is destroying her or like big the they're building big complexes and the destroying the neighborhood. It's kind of a right. common thing a little yeah. bit dirty work dirty work <laughs> yeah is that <laughs> they're the first sea story in uh dirty work yeah that's right but yeah it's sort of like the activist love interest yeah, character yeah, yeah. Yeah. right right um i suppose i do i i do like that actress do you know uh, Melanie Diaz? yeah she's great yeah um let's see here Local thug, Leon Lolo, <laughs> brings his shoes to the shop to resole them. Uh, Max's current stitching machine fails, so he uses the old one. He checks Ludlow's shoe size. It's ten and a half, the same as his. Uh, Max tries the shoes on and transforms into Ludlow. He uses the machine on other shoes and realizes what he can do with it. Yeah, which, which is, is he can become other people. Yeah, pretty much. Now, is he becoming them or like they still exist out there yeah yeah so he just his body just sort of double of them a double of them yeah because that'll play into something that happens later but it's important because i don't think i it took me a minute to understand like to understand this yeah. Well, just, you know, just imagine that we're in the Twin Peaks universe where there's uh, yes. doppelgangers. Yeah, it's and, like, uh, the, yeah, mm-hmm. dark a- Agent Cooper or evil Coop and good Coop. Yes, and one of them is Adam Sandler wearing yeah. 
different shoes. Good Cooper is Adam Sandler in Cooper <laughs> yeah. shoes. Yeah. Um, Max experiments living as someone else, going to Chinatown as a Chinese man, going to a restaurant as one uh, as one, and leaving as another, not paying. Uh, Taryn brings in her British boyfriend, Emiliano's shoes, and Max uses them. As Emiliano, he goes to a bar, notices noticed by beautiful women. One approaches him, noting that she once saw him leaving with a man. Uh, going to his home in as Emiliano, he finds Taryn taking a shower, and she invites him to join her. He eagerly starts to undress, then realizes if he takes off his shoe, he will no longer be Emiliano. So he leaves. Uh, Max decides to make his mother happy by using the shoes of his father, Abraham, having dinner with Sarah as Abraham uh, gives her one more night of happiness. I want yeah, weird, uh, weird yeah, stuff. Weird stuff. I want to say something about this Emiliano thing. Uh-huh. So, Eric, we have been in this same predicament before, haven't we? Of like Sandler like kind of doing something like where he bec- like he puts himself in a situation where he can like redo something so he like like what's the what it, what, I'm, I'm okay i'm thinking specifically of emiliano he decides not to have sex with t- or adam sandler as this guy decides not to have sex with this woman not because it would be wrong but because he can't take off his shoes. Yeah, Do you know what I'm very saying? Redeemable action. But, but yeah, th- are you saying we've seen this before. in another shoe? In it another happen- movie? It happens like this this exact thing, this like morality thing of like not knowing. Do you, man, is it in click? What is it? It's another movie Could where be he click where he like uh, chooses not to sleep with somebody that you think he might sleep with them, but then he doesn't because they're like sleeping or something. It's like some kind of weird thing like that. I mean, I know it happens in observe and report where there's sort of that weird scene with Seth Rogen, but like, what is the anyways, I would want to point out that in films where people become other people, this seems to uh-huh. all this part of that story always comes up. And I don't know why writers keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bad. It's not yeah, good. <laughs> it, they should just stop. Like like I love it. It's a never story. treated as yeah. uh, bad as it is. Exactly. There's that part. And just why don't write that scene. Like just write right. a different scene. Like where you don't have to address something that's borderline taking advantage of that's you know it is taking advantage of somebody uh really strange stuff i i I don't remember if it was click though it's making me want to go back through sandler's stuff and see if there's another movie like this where he like becomes another person anyways we can keep going if i think about it i'll 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 scream it out (laughs) all right uh sure you're not thinking of uh bedtime stories no, I'm not thinking of bedtime <laughs> stories. All right. What am I thinking of though? It's like, it's not. Uh, it's a later one, so it's out of the '90s. It can't. It's at. It's. 
Ah, <sighs> anyway, we can keep going. Yeah, is, is, well, is it not rain over me? No. <laughs> oh, um, is it I now pronounce you Chuck and Lair? No, no, no. Yes, because he's like he's like pretending to be. Yes, like, that's right. He's pretending gay, to be gay. But he's pretending to be gay and ch- the female the lady that's the love it. interest lady like thinks that he's gay that's it that's yeah. exactly it yes and it's like it's not exactly the same premise obviously one-to-one but it's 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 a similar energy of like he's lying or something to get some a, a little action <laughs> right yeah anyway uh sandman uh the next morning sarah has died um wait is that where we're at no we got it you got i think okay oh did you talk about him making his mother happy yeah yeah having dinner to make his mother happy having dinner with sarah abraham gives her one more night of happiness (laughs) yes uh the next morning sarah has died so he and his family uh sit shiva for the week uh, when he returns to work, Ludlow demands his shoes back or he'll kill Max. Uh, using several pairs of shoes uh, to disguise himself, Max follows Ludlow to his apartment, witnessing Ludlow extorting businesses along the route. Uh, disguised as Ludlow, Max is led into Ludlow's apartment by Ludlow's uh, girlfriend, Macy, who has had enough of Ludlow's abuse and is packing her bags to leave. Uh, Max searches for Ludlow's watch collection and finds a cache of weapons. Uh, the real Ludlow returns and starts uh, to strangle Max, still in Ludlow's shoes, uh, until Max teases him and ties him up. Max, still disguised as Ludlow, goes with two of Ludlow's associates to where a man is being tortured. About to kill the captive, uh, Max calls off the henchman. Uh, afterward, they meet slumlord Elaine Greenewalt, uh, who gives him an envelope filled with cash to buy out a tenant. Yeah. So This is probably the most wild stuff, maybe, in the yeah. movie. <laughs> and this stuff should be like, this is like comedy stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sure. most of it. And it's all handled in a very serious way that is just ridiculous and yeah. impossible to buy into. Right. It should be. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly right. It's super... It's like somehow they lose me at Slumlord Elaine Greenewalt. <laughs> right. Like I'm... I don't... Like I'm not... I'm in a movie that's this pretending to be this grounded. I'm not going with them on this sort of journey through the underbelly of whatever. Uh, Max returns to Ludlow's apartment wearing someone's stilettos, but Ludlow uh, has freed himself from the constraints. Uh, Ludlow ambushes and attempts to kill Max uh, during the scuffle is uh stabbed with the stilettos and killed uh max goes directly to the police to report the killing but when they go to the apartment all the evidence is gone uh returning to the shoe repair shop max finds the stilettos uh have been mysteriously returned to the shop counter along with his bag of shoes and the envelope of cash uh jimmy confronts max about his recent odd behavior telling max the secret 
uh, that his father did not or did the same thing before he disappeared. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this is the this. Well, I guess it's not the big twist, but it is a twist. It yeah, we're about to get to the biggest twist of all, but this is a, a mini twist here. Is that uh, right? Yeah, that's what kind of. Which again, to your point, th- this is like there's also the germ of like a really great. I don't know something here about like the dad did it before. And it drove him crazy mm-hmm. or something. Like, I kind of like that. You know, as like a part of like the family history is almost like they get this superpower where they have to put on other people's shoes and become them and fight crime and stuff. Like, there's like, it's like all these weird ways they could have gone with it, too. So it's not like every single fiber of this movie sucks there's like stuff in here that i do like like i do like this i think there's like multiple stories going on too like you know what i mean like there's the uh, it just seems like there's um versus like stories a b and c there's like part a part b part c like it's just like this ludlow stuff i think it sort of like we really don't get to the meat of it until like after we've already been doing all this other stuff, you know, with the Emiliano thing. And, uh, I don't know. It just, it's just weird. After a certain point, I was like, what is even like the story that's happening right (laughs) right now? Um, but, oh, well. Yeah, Uh, totally. And, 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 and what's it about, you know, like what's it ultimately all for? What's it ultimately all about? But anyway, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to picture this movie in the way that I think that it was intended to be, which is a drama, like a good drama. Yeah. And I just don't think I could handle this premise as a drama. I just don't think I would, not not even in a way where like I can believe that it's real, because obviously it's not something that could actually happen. But just because, like, the idea is silly to me. <laughs> like, it's right. just... I just, I, I, th- I think, like... So, Being John Malkovich is a movie I like a lot. And I and it's not a drama. But it is, I think, a way to handle this in a kind of a fun, kooky way. Y'all have to rewatch that one. It's been a long time. Yeah, you know, it's just great. It's like the Charlie Kaufman of it all is really great. But, um, I, you know... <laughs> Max uh, goes with Carmen to visit Mr. Solomon uh, the man Greenewalt has been threatening despite the threats Mr. Solomon refuses to leave as he has lived there uh, for decades and raised his daughter there Max devises a plot to to bilk Greenewalt out of thousands while uh, still letting Solomon keep his home when Greenewalt realizes she is being tricked uh, she goes to Solomon's and threatens to kill him and kill his daughter. Uh, Max has arranged to have this all recorded uh, on camera by the local news, and Greenwald is arrested. Yeah, too intense for this kind of story. <laughs> too much. Agreed. I would agree. Too, um, too, too, too nutso. Max's life starts to return to normal. Carmen goes into the shop and invites him to dinner. Impersonating Ludlow, he gives the watches to Macy, apologizing. 
As he leaves, he is abducted by a group of men led by the man he was he had saved. Uh, they're about to drive off with when their car is struck. Um, Jeremy, what would you do if you were in a cobbler situation where you could put on someone's shoes and look like them? What would I do? <laughs> yeah. What kind of antics would you get up to? That's a really good question, actually. I mean... And I mean, I, I I mean it. It's actually a really good question. I I actually am glad I don't have this problem. <laughs> yeah. What would you do? I mean, I wouldn't really want to. I don't know who I'd want to go because I'm not a sniveling little worm. I don't know who I'd want to go. I don't know if I'd want to impersonate anybody. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I'm not that jealous of any, or I'm not that in. Like I don't know. I might. Okay. I mean, this is gonna sound crazy. I would maybe put on a woman's shoes, just any woman, and kind of walk around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you can see, do that now if you want. I know, but I mean, like, if it if it turned my body into a woman's oh, okay. body, gotcha. I think I think I would be like, I'd be interested in just seeing what that feels like and what that, what that's like and to walk around for a couple of days and what it's like to be treated as a woman, you know, that's like very, that's a valuable thing. Sure. Yeah. I uh, would use it, uh, <laughs> to prank my friends. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Yeah. And I would use it and it would be like a known thing that I do that I can like, I would probably tell my friends I have this power and right. be like, you know, I don't really want to abuse it, but like, it's like you kind of give you know, them a head start. Yeah, knowing yeah, the yeah, pranks yeah. are coming, <laughs> and I'd use it to get like, uh, like, like uh, to get into things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, be a celebrity for a second so you can get into like backstage at a concert or something like that. I know this sounds so nuts, but I, I think this would start my life of crime, where I would use it. <laughs> the power would go to your head. It would immediately. I'd go to like, all right. I'm I'm robbing this casino. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just amass a bunch of wealth or something, and then like retire. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, the problem with this premise, I think, is that other than the existential questions, and then uh, having friendly mischief like you would do, uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think anything good comes from this. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> um. But, uh, you know, we want to know what you would do if you were a cob- in a cobbler situation. So tweet at us, tweet at, us at Hubie Halloween one Love to hear your stories of the kind of antics you'd get into. Um, Max wakes up in Jimmy's barbershop and is offered uh, some water and a pickle, which Jimmy says uh, help with the, helps with the transition from one body to another. Makes sense. Uh, Max asks how he knew that. Jimmy takes off his shoes, revealing that he is actually Abraham, his father. Uh, the real Jimmy is in the Caribbean. Uh, both elated and angry, Max hugs his dad, then is shown a huge collection of shoes and he's ga- that he's gathered over the years. Abraham then uh, takes Max in his limo through the city, telling him the story of how the stitching machine came into their family. Which is also it. a weird way to end, too. Yeah, and and like, why did what did his father say as the reason why he hid in Steve Buscemi's body? I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I don't remember. Like, why? Um, why would he do that? 
That's a great question. Yeah. Anyway. Um Yeah, man. This this uh I you know, I I don't like going all oh, this movie sucks. Like I, I there's something right. about me that like does seeks to understand and have something kind of profound to say about something and it's interesting to me too that all the films uh that we've covered the worst of the worst of the sandlers have been films that other people didn't say were the worst you know like your mm-hmm. jack and jills and and whatnot like those those weren't as bad because they were still had good had a good like spirit about them the worst of the worst that we've covered have been kind of surprising because it's been moments where i feel like the sandler method or whoever's handling sandler at the time failed like in a large an enormous group of people like i think about chuck and larry for example like that's just like irresponsible that gets a one you know spanglish to me irresponsible gets a one um and this is a one but it's but it's because of those reasons not because they're lame or bad comedies i kind of like those (laughs) like yeah even the worst of what he's ever done like i'm excited about the netflix run because it's all just really stupid comedies you know like uh yeah like uh yeah, give me a give me a, a that's my boy or a Jack and Jill or a Grown Ups two any day, over, you know, uh, what was the other one? Rain over me. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of my, that's my wrap up thought on this. It's like this gets a one, but it's it's like it's mainly because, it, it of other reasons other you know the movie's not it's not just bad in a vacuum it's bad for very specific reasons and um we already talked about all this so one for me what what about you eric where are you landed on the cob you know with this podcast i i i always have been trying to uh take it easy on the sandler movies that i think people are a little too harsh on yeah um you know, and I'm not just doing it to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, you, the, you gotta, you, there's positive things in most, in, in most things, if you look for them. And, uh, you know, Jack and Jill is a movie that, uh, it's not my favorite movie, <laughs> but I don't think it's like, doesn't deserve to exist or something. I think it's all right. right. You right. know, whatever. Um, unfortunately the cobbler is the first, uh, instance where I just, there's nothing to defend really. (laughs) And it's just, it's just a situation where you have to, I don't know. Like I really, I'm, it kind of bothers me that there's not more information on like the production of this movie out there because something happened. There's like a disconnect (laughs) between the actors and what like the tone of the film mm-hmm. and uh i just don't i i just don't get it i don't get a lot of the choices or really anything about this movie i i i have to give it a one out of four um and i i i just want the listeners to know i tried you know i'm trying to think of anything <laughs> positive about that the one thing that i do think is good about this movie is sandler's acting 
yeah. But unfortunately, I don't think it's appropriate for this <laughs> this kind of a movie, for this premise, and I don't think that's his fault. True. Um, yeah. Yeah. True. So anyway, next week, Jeremy. So we are um, for the listeners. We've been covering Scorsese, and we're kind of towards the end of his filmography. So we've been getting into the uh, acting filmography of Martin Scorsese. And uh, I'm just now looking up what, uh, you know, what does that bring us to? Because we're not doing all of them. We're just kind of. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's actually take a look here. So Martin Scorsese was in a number of uh, films where he was an actor and, you know, we kind of want to do ones where he had a bigger role or a bigger part, I think is um, I think I speak for, uh, Eric as well. Like we don't want to mm-hmm. just do where he had a cameo in it. We'd like uh, him to at least be like a named character. And the first film we chose for this was Dreams, where he played Vincent Van Gogh, um, which was great, and it was uh, well worth the um, well worth the uh, our time uh, doing it. Um, are we? What are we? What are we thinking in terms of the next one? Because I'm I'm looking at quiz show. I'm looking at uh, the Shark Tale. I'm looking um, at. Uh, let's see. I'm looking into quiz show to see. He is uh pretty far down there on the list. Yeah, is he more than a is he is he more than just a uh whatever you call it a cameo it, it would it would be the question. Um Well, he's not on the page. You know when you go to IMDb and you see the cast? Right. He's not right. on like the first part of that. You have to click like see more. <laughs> To, right to, to get to him so um so i guess uh, quiz show is also a movie that i would be interested in watching uh search and destroy no um I really don't want to cover Shark Tale. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, he's in two episodes of Curb. Yeah, he's also in a couple episodes of uh, uh, Entourage. <laughs> well, uh, I think Dreams. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It might be I, the. It, it might be. Oh, Guilty by Suspicion. We should watch okay. Guilty by Suspicion. That's a good one, and we should probably watch Quiz Show. Yeah, we'll do quiz show too. But yeah, that, those are those, these are going to be fun. Those are going to be fun movies to cover anyway. I feel like they're higher caliber uh, films. Um, also, I wouldn't mind covering the Muse, which is looks like a very fun Albert Brooks film. Sure, let's do it. Uh, um, where, where Martin Scorsese plays himself. <laughs> So for next uh, episode, we will be covering uh, Guilty by Suspicion. Guilty by uh, Suspicion, Erwin Winkler film. Yes. With starring De Niro. And uh, 
hit up that Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Five bucks, you get in, you get access to everything. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Frasuary is yes. coming up. Couldn't be a better time to join. Um, so do that, and thanks for listening. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Thank you.